So some big developments on the vaccination front once again in our country. Well, not just our country, more in the United States. But uh, interesting announcement from the Blue Jays today. They've announced that all fans that want to attend a Blue Jays game beginning September 13th will have to be fully vaccinated. The British Columbia government today bringing in a vaccine vaccination certificate. Uh, if you want to go to a movie, you want to go to a restaurant, things like that, you are going to have to provide proof of vaccination. Same thing's already in place in Quebec. Um, and it's happening more and more. We see now governments doing it, uh, sports leagues have done it, entertainment venues have done it, employers have done it, saying if you want to work here, you're going to have to be vaccinated. So we're seeing more and more added to the list of quote-unquote mandatory vaccinations. The other big development, of course, today is the FDA granting full approval to the Pfizer vaccine. That changes things in a big way, I would think, because now that it's fully approved, you would have to think it will be easier for more of these vaccination certificates or mandatory vaccination policies to be brought in now that the vaccine is fully approved in the United States. And uh, one has to assume full approval in Canada and the EU and the UK will not be far behind. But let's get some details on the legalities surrounding all of this. We're going to chat now with Eric Adams, who is the vice dean and a professor of law at the University of Alberta. Uh, Eric, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. My, my pleasure, Shay. Let's start with the big development today, which, of course, is the FDA granting full approval for the COVID vaccine from Pfizer. Um, does that change things in terms of legal legs to stand on for agencies or governments that want to bring in mandatory vaccination certificates? Does that make it easier for them? Well, I think it, it certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, it's probably always been the case that uh, that these uh, vaccines uh, were headed headed in the direction of, of being officially sanctioned by you know, the various uh, medical bodies uh, and public health organizations at the national and provincial levels. Um, so, yes, it does provide a bit of of, of reliance uh, or, or stability to the for the foundation of, of the arguments that that event that a max that a vaccine can be mandatory um, but really it's always going to come down to the same question which is uh, does the employer have a justified reason for doing so I think that's the most important variable in this discussion yeah and that's been you know bandied about and argued about but we see so many big big employers doing it where does the law come down on that especially in our part of the world well it's, it's interesting because for a long time, and I think through the spring, the employment lawyers that uh, that I was uh, you know talking with this about really thought that this probably wasn't going to materialize. That it was going to be easier for employers to basically avoid this issue entirely. It was probably unlikely that that most employers would would think about mandatory vaccinations. You know, it was just a big uh, you know big can of worms that people didn't want to get into because of yeah. privacy issues and all that. But really, we've seen, and I think your uh, your introduction signaled this, that the last six weeks have, have, have changed. Um, the culture around mandatory vaccinations have changed for a number of reasons. And one of them is is that the pandemic ain't over. Um, so if people thought you could sort of announce that the pandemic was done and that, you know, vaccines were here, that this was all going to disappear, it turns out that that wasn't the case. And two, uh, the number of unvaccinated people uh, remains large enough for this pandemic to continue to circulate. And so we thought that voluntary vaccination efforts would probably take us, you know, we hoped close to herd immunity. Um, we're nowhere close to that in most of uh, North America, certainly not in Alberta and 
and in some American states, uh, not even over 50%. So we know that in those conditions that the, that the, the virus is going to continue to flourish. And more than that, it's going to continue to have opportunities to mutate and develop, possibly develop uh, more dangerous strains, which has meant that people have started to realize, employers and governments and the general public, that a a purely voluntary approach to vaccination, which probably would have been preferable for all kinds of reasons, is difficult to sustain where we all have a stake in getting that vaccination level higher. Uh, and if you're if you're working in a community where you know thirty thirty five percent of the of of your potential coworkers are not vaccinated, that has implications also for your day to day experience at work. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you're running a business and you know that somebody comes in with COVID and six of your employees out of 10 contract COVID, your business suffers dramatically. So they do have a case to say, in order for us to keep our operation running, um, this is something that we require, right? I, I think there's it, it, it's not quite black and white, of course, because uh, different people are going to have different reactions to yeah. the virus. Some will get quite sick, some will die, some will have almost no symptoms at all. So it's it's difficult for employers to forecast. You know, if X happens, uh, then then Y is the result. We're always going to be dealing with probabilities, with likelihoods. Can an employer take into the into account the the risks that are created by either unvaccinated uh, workers or unvaccinated customers on their particular business? The answer has to be yes to that, but it's always going to be in the nature of calculating risks. There is really no certainty if we've learned anything in the last yes. 16 months. There's there's very little certainty to be had, and the law, you might imagine, prefers certainty. We, we don't have it in this uh, field. So what that means is, is when we're talking about whether or not employer can demand vaccinations, we're not talking about, about, you know, if I don't do this, this will happen. We're talking about, is it reasonable for the employer to have taken these steps, given the possible consequences of unvaccination? And that's the kinds of questions that, uh, you know, courts and lawyers are going to be wrestling with. But I think that the needle is moving, um, as I thought it probably always would, towards a higher tolerance for mandatory vaccination in lots of workplaces. Not only we've seen them started out in long-term care facilities and, and health facilities, it, they made a lot of sense there, but now we're seeing them moving into the banking sector, into federal government employees. I think we're going to see them moving into some service industries, and I don't think this trend is, is, is slowing down anytime soon. I think last time we talked, um, and uh, one of the themes that has been mentioned many times when it comes to employers mandating vaccines is you can't do it if you already work there. You can't change the conditions of employment once you've been hired, but you can certainly put it on ahead of time. Um, has that changed? I mean, some of these companies, and you're talking about like places like Google and Facebook and Netflix, some of these giant employers uh, seem to be saying, to hell with that. If you want to work here, you need to be vaccinated. It doesn't matter when you were hired. Um, what are the, what's, where's the law standing on that? I'd like you say this changes day by day. So what's your thinking on that? I think you're right that it's always going to be easier for an employer to deal with a condition of employment for a new employee. That that certainly remains the case. So you're you're hiring someone new into a job, you set out the terms of the contract, 
and one of the conditions of that contract is a vaccination, that's always going to be easier to do legally than to say to an existing, we call them incumbent employees, and say, guess what, uh, if you want to stay working here, uh, you've got to get vaccinated. And that, that distinction, I think, remains true. But that doesn't necessarily mean that employers can't compel as conditions of employment uh, current incumbent employees to get vaccinated. It's going to be much easier for them to do that where they bargain for that if it's a unionized workplace or whether there's some um, exchange as, you know, for signing this new contract, which includes a mandatory vaccination, you know, here's a vaccination bonus pay. Mm-hmm. That's all going to be uh, lawful if, uh, if an employee consents to it. The tricky issues are around when an employee doesn't consent. So you've got a current employee, you've got a mandatory vaccination policy, and that employee does not consent to the change of their employment. Um, now, one of the options is to terminate that employee. And um, especially where that employee is not being vaccinated as a matter of personal preference, there's very little to stop an employer on human rights grounds from terminating the employee in that circumstance. It's different, of course, if the employee is not getting vaccinated because of a medical condition. And and almost all employers are going to know that you can't compel someone to do something that's, you know, uh, medically unhealthy for them. So you've got to build in the possibility of, of, of accommodating people who simply can't receive vaccinations. There may also be a small group with religious objections. I've, I've heard a little bit of some religious objections to vaccination. There may be a small group, but let's be honest. The, the number of people that can't be vaccinated because of a religious exe- objection or because of a medical condition are actually very small. Very small. The bulk of our unvaccinated public are doing it because of a matter of preference. Um, you mentioned human rights there, and I think that's an interesting part of this because, you know, we do have certain rights under the Charter in terms of mobility and all these sorts of other things. Um, and some of these mandatory vaccination policies or vaccination certificates certainly bump up against some of those rights. Now, nobody's saying you have to get vaccinated, but it seems to me there's a pretty thin line and a bit of a gray area in terms of, well, how close can we come to, quote unquote, violating some of the rights in the Charter by doing this um, and get away with it legally? I mean, that has to be a consideration, too, right? The, the first thing I'd say on, on the, the Charter is to remember that the Charter only applies when the government is the employer. Right. So if you're running a corner store, you're running a, a car dealership, the Charter doesn't apply to your employment relationships. The Human Rights Code does, but not the Charter. But, of course, the government is a massive employer, whether you're driving a city bus or whether you're um, a, a public employee of, a, of the province or the federal government. The Charter applies to the conditions of your employment, and that's a large number of employees. Uh, and so, yes, the Charter protects your rights to equality, your rights to, to liberty and security of the person, and your rights to expression and opinion. So there is protection there. You say, well, my opinion is I don't want to get vaccinated. Are you protected? In, the, in Does that right exist? It does. But the government can limit that right in uh, reasonable circumstances. That, again, that's where this is all going to come down to. Is the government, when it's an employer, does it have reasonable grounds to compel vaccinations um, in its workforce? And I think it's becoming more clear than it was even a year ago. It's becoming more clear that there is a compelling public health interest in widespread vaccination. 
Um, and so I think the government is going to have a stronger argument that um, compelling vaccination is a reasonable limit on people's rights not to be vaccinated, especially where the government, I, I, you know, you've seen this in some circumstances, is building in alternatives. So it's not quite a you got to get vaccinated or you're fired. Right. It, but it is... If you it's don't close. get vaccinated, then, you know, it's daily testing yeah. or it's you're, you're being moved to some other unit where you're not going to have exposure to anybody or, or X or Y or, 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 or other alternatives. And, and, and like you've said a couple of times, and I think we all understand, this is all going to have to be tested in the courts. And that's ultimately what's going to happen here. Are any of those cases underway? Have any, has anybody launched, you know, human rights challenges or legal challenges? Or are we still too early in the whole rollout of this to get to that point yet? We've started to see, uh, uh, there's always a lag. So where, where we actually see some case law being developed is around uh, some of the, the pandemic restrictions uh, on mobility. We yep. saw some cases about masking. And all of those ended up with decisions, and you know we'll see appeals to those cases. But the, basically all of those cases resulted in courts saying there is a pandemic People are dying. Um, you may have some rights here, but they're but these but your rights are not being infringed by reasonable public health measures, even though they are dramatic, even though they would never fly in a normal mm-hmm. set of circumstances. These ain't normal circumstances, yeah. and so that has been um, virtually every case that has been raised on these measures to date. There's now a couple of uh, uh, you know at least. 10 or 12 of them. Um, in employment law, we will, of course, eventually get cases where employees file a grievance with their union or make a, um, a an unfair uh, discrimination or, or a case or, or, or argue that... Or exactly. Those are going to happen. Um, and I suspect they'll go the same direction, Shay, okay. is that courts will say, um, unless the employer has been completely unreasonable here, uh, the facts on the ground are this was a pandemic. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see and uh, always appreciate the insight. And uh, as those cases move through the courts, we'll have to check in again, Eric. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, happy to be back anytime. Appreciate it very much. Cheers. That is Eric Adams, who is the Vice Dean and Professor of Law at the University of Alberta. And uh, yeah, we're going to see court battles. There's no question these will be taken to court uh, on a number of different levels. And as he said, they already have, you know, when we talked about masking and uh, other restrictions that were brought in, some of those were challenged legally. They've withstood the challenge to this point, this whole vaccination one. And I get the argument. You know what? You're still saying it's my choice, but at the same time, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do this and I can't work here and I can't go there. Uh, how much of a choice is it? Fair fair comment. Fair comment. Um, you still do have the choice not to get vaccinated, but I guess the consequences are piling up day after day after day. And it will end up in court. There's no question. And it'll be interesting to see um, where the law comes down on this, because there's going to be numerous court challenges, I would think.